0: Future Shot Sports presents If It Has a Score, a podcast about movies, TV, sports, and more. Now here are your hosts, Devin Lang and Wes Skim. Hello, happy October 12th. It is Yes, Wednesday yet again. Time for If It Has a Score. Uh here we are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the midst of fall, the midst of spooky season. That's
0: true, the leaves outside have changed and everything, so it's it's looking pretty nice. I'm, I'm digging it, but now it's like, you know, we're in Chicagoland area, so it's already like cold. It's just free. Uh-huh. We didn't have a transition point. It was just like 90 one week, and uh-huh. then all of a sudden, like at night, it's like 30.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, you wake up early in the morning and it's you can see your breath outside now and, right and uh yeah, it's just and it's frost dark. on the windows it's, it's dark, dark. Man. it's exactly yeah it went from like you said 90s to high of 50s or and, 55 yeah in the matter of <laughs> and, like a
0: week and a half it's so dumb i hate it <laughs> yeah um the uh weather i i, I I'm, I'm predicting that it's going to start snowing by the end of the month yeah, I can see that. I mean, I think we're going to have an early snow again.
1: You're talking about Chicagoland area. I think it was two years ago where we had snow on Halloween. Yeah. And a lot of it, too. I yeah, mean, it was a, a good s- amount. A snowstorm, just ridiculous. So, yeah, any Midwesterners out there know that it's unpredictable what's going to happen in fall and wintertime.
0: Yep. Ready for that early snow. Can't wait. <laughs> anyway well, another thing that's off. unpredictable is
1: news our news <laughs> yeah well i
0: mean you could predict some news but other some. news is not very predictable do you want to start or do you want me to start
1: sure i uh, they're both unpredictable but sure okay. this one <clears throat> yeah many may have not seen coming but golden state warriors all-star draymond green threw a punch at teammate jordan Poole at practice that took place on the fifth so let me break it down So at first, the two were challenging one another in practice. Uh It's typical, especially uh, the competitive nature of Draymond Green. And then that led to the two having a verbal confrontation, which led to them pushing one another, which eventually led to Green swinging at Poole and connecting. Poole wasn't hurt and finished practice. Green was removed from practice and has removed himself from the team until further notice. The Warriors are reviewing this altercation and have another internal issue as well oh boy <laughs> the video was actually leaked it was not supposed to be any practice footage is not supposed to be and it was on outlets such as tmz and twitter so they got a lot going on in that yeah, it's all over the place now it's yeah. something that
0: they could have just kept under wraps and they could have now mm-hmm. there's nothing then now everyone i heard about this actually yesterday i was uh-huh. hanging out with my friends and uh they were talking about it i thought they were talking about an mma fight <laughs>
1: <laughs> no yeah nba uh, basketball practice internally it's you know there's preseason going on i'll get to i'll explain when the regular season starts but yeah i mean your own teammates <laughs> yeah uh getting into a scuffle uh again everybody's playing at their highest level everybody's competitive but it's something like you said that you wish you could have handled internally and kind of kept within your organization but now that's what all sports outlets including us of course are talking about <laughs> um but i'm sure this happens in multiple industries i'm sure there's uh some fistfights that have broken out on sets
0: yeah one of my my stories is um is kind of along those lines but a little more serious but okay uh, we'll get to that in a bit but yeah no it happens like no like we were saying uh, a couple weeks ago that no matter where you work you're always going to have those people that you just do not get along with and mm-hmm. like naturally as humans sometimes that gets us super amped up so
1: yes and then at the highest level rightfully so i would say some have some big egos i mean they've made it this far they get paid all this money they're they're stars right um but yeah sometimes things like um your energy and um, a, lot, a lot of other th- competitive nature, just a lot of things kind of start to elevate you and get you to that level, especially even in a practice, right. and especially in games. We've seen it in games, uh, Malice in the Palace, for example. It's a documentary out there um, of a fight that broke out in a game that had fans involved as well, mm-hmm. uh, a big breakout and stuff. So. And It
0: happens in NHL too. Oh, yeah. That's, all the time they're like body checking each other <laughs> uh-huh.
1: that's the one sport that still allows it and there's people and allows it <laughs> yeah fighting's allowed it's a penalty um you serve five minutes in the penalty box but, but you're allowed the, to fight the, 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 <laughs> that's yeah so weird. You're, you're allowed to drop the gloves and you and one another are allowed to fight while the referee is spectating and making sure nothing <laughs> out of line happens <laughs> but it there's yeah that's that's within the rules that's so weird, man. Like there's players a on
0: sport that includes the the option to fight. <laughs> there's
1: players on team that are mostly known as. I mean, it's less popular now, but they're known as enforcers. They're mostly known for their defense, for checking, and then for fighting. Uh, because let's say your team wins a fight, that's such a momentum swing for your team. I mean, everybody's I guess, watching yeah. all the fans, there's all the teammates, the referees, and then if. If you, you, someone on your team beats the other guy in a fight, that's, that's momentum going your way. Some <laughs> say that it shouldn't be allowed in hockey, and some say that it should be allowed in every single sport. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine <laughs> it, just in baseball?
0: Just start I, swinging at each other on first base. Like,
1: that, I was here. Don't you catch that ball. <laughs> that happens, too. There are times if a batter gets hit by, with a ball... That they they call it charging the mound. It's the the batter that got hit by a pitch. It's typically an accident. The pitcher didn't mean to hit you, but right. it's like a it could be a 100 mile per hour fastball. So you're really fired up. So you're going at this guy. Usually yeah, you drop like a your reaction. Bat. You, yeah. But um, yeah, you're you're coming. You're running towards him, and you're, you're ready to. You're ready to fight them, <laughs> so then there's T. Te- then that's pretty much just both teams. Just everybody starts punching one another. And stuff. So there's been there's been some crazy ones, but again within a practice, um, unexpected. Usually, if you're playing other teams and there's some angst and uh, it's highly competitive, that can happen. But yeah, right, within right. A, within a practice with the season not even starting yet, interesting to see this boiling over considering these two were teammates and just won the NBA championship.
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I'm sure they'll be fine. I think so, too. Just need some time to cool off.
1: <clears throat> Draymond, that's just sort of his playing style. He gets in people's faces and stuff. You don't want to see it happen to your teammate, but that's something that has helped him throughout his whole career on defense and, and all the Warriors championship runs, so... Again that they need to handle this situation right and they need to handle it delicately, but at the same time, um that energy and who he is as a player has gotten them far a number of times. Mm-hmm. So need to just handle it correctly and make sure moving forward that you ha- you know these things don't happen. Right. <laughs> right. Especially with kinda like
0: cool yourself off in the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Everybody's always trying to grow and get better. So yeah, hoping for the best. and If that's on social media, they're probably going to try to get that off soon. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Good <laughs> um, luck
0: to them. Yeah,
1: just some other quick stuff. The MLB Playoff Baseball has started. So right now it's the wild card games. Those are being played. Next, the division series will be played. And then the NBA regular season, was just saying that I was going to get to that, that is going to be taking place on the the opening day will be tuesday october 18th so that will be one day before our next episode is released so that's why i'm telling you now so it's not out of the news cycle (laughs) you know i I would rather be early than late so yeah that'll be coming up um yeah very soon
0: very cool anything else is that it for you
1: Um, No, I've already announced uh, NHL regular season that's gone underway. Obviously, we know in the midst of NFL, we'll find time to bring that up later. Yeah, yeah. In a later segment. Don't you worry about it. For sure, bring it up. So, yeah, that's what I got. What do you got? All right.
0: Well, I I do have a a few news ones. These ones are mostly quick because they have been talked about, not by us, but by so many earlier. So, it's basically just uh, picking up from older news cycles uh, cuz actions finally happening again. Uh so one of them is uh Kevin Spacey's trial is currently underway in New York. Uh Kevin Spacey of course uh facing trial uh for sexual misconduct against Anthony Rapp. Um basically sexually assaulting a, a minor and um so yeah, he's he's facing trial right now. Um well, I guess we're just gonna see how how that plays out, whether he's gonna end up having to to pay or 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 what. But it's a forty million dollar case. Mm. Like it's it's a pretty big one. Um, when that those allegations came out in um, twenty seventeen, right? I was gonna ask, and it wasn't filed until twenty twenty. But uh, when those came out, like Spacey was basically just like canceled. Like he wasn't in anything anymore. Yeah, and. Uh, they they handled that one pretty decently, um, but yeah, now the trial's finally happening. This many years later, you know, with how slow the courts have I was been since say... they were. I mean, through COVID and everything, um, a lot of stuff got delayed. Uh, another one of those cases being um, the Harvey Weinstein case mm-hmm. is is starting next week. Oh wow! So the week of this podcast uh, airing, like on Monday, is when that trial starts. So you've got two pretty big trials in the film industry happening right now, and the decision on these trials is going to be pretty uh, telling for the the future of the industry because yes. these are big ones. Yeah. Like they, the things that Harvey Weinstein did, like multiple allegations. Um, if he ends up being not guilty, or or. Whatever the decision is, if, if it ends up being like not guilty, then there's going to be a huge uproar. Oh, yeah. And if, if he ends up being guilty, then it, it's going to provide a lot of changes for the film industry in, in how they handle these situations, I think. So, um, so yeah, we, we're just going to have to hang on tight and see what, what ends up happening for both of these so that we can see uh, whether we're going to take a step in the right direction or the wrong direction.
1: Yeah, we don't need to dive deep and say how long the whole judicial process takes. We all know that for sports and for movies, TV, and then just other cases, all the cases across the board. Yeah, traffic incidents. Yes, yeah, all the cases across the board, so it is just very crazy. I remember hearing about all of these years and years ago, and then not hearing anything about it, so at least now... You know, the sooner the better. It would have been great earlier, but it's happening now, and it'll still probably be a slow process. It'll still probably take, what, multiple weeks, if not months,
0: more than likely. It's probably going to take a while. These trials Mm kind of drag out. I mean, the Johnny Depp and um, Amber Heard trial went on for a couple months, I want to say. It did feel like it took a while, yeah. Yeah, and even then, like... It could go back to court because Herd's lawyers are planning on um, refiling or something. So it's it, it's any any legal stuff is is a long long process. These um, um,
1: these individuals have so much resources to where they can be in court for forever. Right, and it's they, not going to yeah. hurt them too much. Whereas yeah. like
0: people like like us or like uh-huh. <laughs> normal people like we don't we don't have the money to be able to afford the lawyer for that long so eventually a lot of the the cases that uh like people on the the normal socioeconomic status Hmm. um they basically just wait for your funds to burn out so you drop the case yeah and then yeah Um, it'll be settled exactly um are
1: these ones going to be televised at all i know that one was based on where it was. I don't know if
0: these are necessarily going to be televised, but I know we're going to be receiving like constant updates. Updates every constant day. Constant updates. We we know. It's the same for for all celebrity trials. So, um, so yeah, we'll just be keeping an eye on that, and we'll probably have more news next week about it.
1: Yeah. Again, you already covered it. I agree. Definitely hoping for the best. You definitely need to s- set the standard. I mean, the standard has already been set. You know that there's legal repercussions the to standard, your... Yeah. yeah, there's legal repercussions. Everybody knows that. But what that entails, that is still to be seen. And then, obviously, within the industry, you said that he um, specifically hasn't been involved much in any films at all. Right, but either of them, yeah. Yeah, either. But still need to just let that be an example and let that be known. Um it's it's yeah. just one of the ways to deter people obviously there's other ways and there there's better ways but this is a tactic to deter people from doing you know do, doing some very bad things yeah traumatic yeah, yeah causing very traumatic experiences for other people
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah no the standard definitely is set but it just really needs to be enforced um so yeah we're hoping uh, to see some progress here And we'll see what happens. Um, Another news story. Also out of the courtroom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rust is resuming filming. Rust, of course, being the uh, Alec Baldwin film where he uh, tragically shot and killed one of uh, the set crew. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they have settled the case. They're returning to filming. Uh, or are mm-hmm. allowed to return to film, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they plan to. So the case right, has right. been settled. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see where where that film ends up going. I'm thinking that it, it's going to face a lot of backlash when it comes out, for sure. I don't know how much support it's going to get in the theaters. I mean, sad to say, but on both sides, you're going to have a bunch of people who go see it just because of the new stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, to see, like, how could... That accident have happened where could it have happened um mm-hmm. and then you'll have people saying like no you shouldn't support it at all because clearly there was an issue on set that they were not taking the proper precautions or they're mm-hmm. trying to cut costs or whatever and those were the allegations in the case was that they were trying to cut costs by not having the proper safety people on on set so
1: that's the first thought that comes to my mind, I I don't see, see this going well at all. Again, you you know more about, I guess the consumers and what people want to see and st- what what drives people into the theaters or to the streaming services. But I I didn't know that this was. I thought they were just gonna cut this completely. Yeah, not do the movie. Yeah, I and, I didn't and even some think that think was that, that would be the
0: best case. But I mean, some films they just don't want to give up. Like even the director, he was shot as well, and he was recovering, and he's returning to direct.
1: I mean, again, uh, this is just my opinion. Everybody's going to have different one, but I think if they're cutting whole movies that were already done where nobody got hurt and even more so um, right. passed away uh, in the filmmaking process, if those films are being cut, I don't understand why... Something like this is cannot be cut as well. Right. It, it is a huge sunk cost. it is a waste of uh people's talent and to time, but we've seen it happen for other reasons, like you said, just mergers and other things so again i'm I'm shocked <laughs> to, to know that this is uh an option that they're even considering doing this and or doing it you know they're moving forward with it. I just I thought that was it. After, right after right. this
0: happened yeah no it, i mean it's tragic what happened to helena and and it's uh, of course something that you never want to happen on film that's mm-hmm. why we have uh, fight choreographers why we have intimacy choreographers stunt co- coordinators why you have safety people who check the props before you do it so like mm-hmm. the question just remains like what was missing that caused that to happen uh, like the assistant directors, the one that passed him the 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 gun. Did the prop people check the gun? Why was there a live gun on set? Because usually you don't use live guns, right? Um, but who knows? Uh, Matthew Hutchins, Helena's um, husband, is um, the main voice of the that side of the argument of settling it and everything, and they, uh-huh. you know, that they, they don't want to. Um, Place any blame or really restart any discussion on it. They just want to move past it. They're saying in their statement, um, they all believe it was an accident. You know, they they've come to that realization mm-hmm. or that consensus, I guess. And um, and yeah, and so Matthew Hutchins is actually going to be an ex- executive producer on the film now. Okay. Um, and I'm sure there'll be a tribute in the credits or something as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, But yeah, it's it's tragic. But another part of the story is that um, charges might still happen. So while the family is not planning on pressing charges, the uh, New Mexico sheriff and the the police department they're they're saying that you know if after the investigation, what happened is a criminal offense, then. Charges are going to have to be made. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen on that end. There, people could very well still be fined or, or face jail time.
1: For right. Them. Yeah, it may not be a civil case, but it very well could be a criminal case. I mean, right. seldom would an accident like this happen and there not be some sort of follow-up and charges that ensue. Um, yeah, I mean, I can see them not... Wanting to, again, kind of poke at this. And like you said, from what I've understood about it, it does seem like it was an accident. Nothing malicious about it. Right. So kind of taking that as closure and just trying to pick up the pieces and move on. Again, very, very unfortunate thing that happened. But it did not seem malicious, did not seem that that was the intent.
0: Right. So, So, um, yeah, again... While they're settling and the movie's going to continue filming, we don't know what's happening on the criminal side of it. So uh, i expect to hear more about that at some point here. Yeah, we, don't, we don't know when that investigation went.
1: You're going to be busy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and another one, uh, we've talked about them already on the podcast. Ezra Miller yes. uh, actually apologized for their actions and everything. Of course, Ezra Miller playing the Flash. Yes. Uh, apologized for their actions and is now returning for reshoots with uh, Warner Brothers Pictures to finish the the reshooting for the Flash film. Okay. Uh, so I guess it's expected to still finish and come out just fine. Sounds like that that's been all settled. Uh, so that's a short story there. Mm-hmm. And then another story we got last week. The and this is. I guess the only bright brighter story that I have. Nice. We got the uh, Super Mario Bros. trailer. Yeah. The Super Mario Bros. movie, which, of course, we haven't seen a Super Mario Bros. film since, what, the 80s or 90s that that movie came out? Sure. It was a live-action Mario Bros. movie, and it was just a pile of garbage. It was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and now this one, Nintendo and Illumination have teamed up to do an uh, animated version, and the trailer honestly looks really good. I I think it's going to end up being a good movie. A lot of people were worried. A lot of people were worried that they were going to like ruin it because Illumination made all these minion movies and everything that people hate on in every uh, opportunity that they have. So <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, people were worried on that aspect. Uh, a lot of rumors saying that Donkey Kong is going to show up and fart just because that's Illumination style of... <laughs> Humor is farts and butts and stuff. So yeah, that's true. It's we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if any of that happens. But judging by the trailer itself, it seems like it's a pretty faithful adaptation. Um, very excited to hear the rest of the voice cast and their parts. Uh, Jack Black's doing a phenomenal job as Bowser. Chris Pratt is present, uh, <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah,
1: we'll just have to see more as it comes out later. But yeah, I'm excited as a Mario fan from the video game aspect for a long time. And all the
0: memes that have come out on Twitter and everything on it is pretty fun. Yeah. This is actually one that I'm actually
1: up to date with, I would say. You'll
0: probably go see. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Believe it or not, folks. Believe it or not. (laughs) Uh, So I think that concludes our movie news then. Um, Which means it's time for us to move on to our segment for the month. Or, or not month, for the week, yes. a skim through. Yes. Uh, before we do that, do you want to give the update on uh, last week's segment or do you want to wait until after? Uh, we can go ahead and do it. De- okay. Okay. So we did our, our draft last week. Yes. Uh, for spooky season. And voted on Twitter, voted on Facebook. And Devin, do you know who the winner was? I do. It is. West Skim. Yeah, I'm you victorious. <laughs>
1: So I'd first and foremost like to thank everybody. I believe this is the most votes we have received thus far. Yeah. So I, I love that people took time to listen to the episode, look at the visuals on social media, and vote accordingly. So I think... <laughs> That was a great win for Wes individually and yes. then a great win for our podcast
0: overall. Love to But see. mostly a win <laughs> for me. I love I'd to like s- to thank the Academy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, that was a, a really fun draft. I really enjoy doing those every month. So I uh, expect to see another one next month for our season, which we're not announcing yet. You'll hear about it in a couple weeks here. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for participating. It's it's awesome to see people interacting with the polls on Twitter or even in general on Twitter. So feel free to always, anytime we tweet or post on Facebook, interact in the comments, uh, continue the discussion. Uh, We'd love to see it. Yes,
1: there's some debating going
0: on. we love to see it, so thank you, everybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are moving on to a skim-through for this week. So a skim-through again is... We walk through the syn- the plot synopsis of a film, and uh, Devin attempts to um, take a athlete's story and tie it in with the story of the film. Now, mm. it is spooky season, so of course yeah. we had to pick a spookier movie. Yeah, and I thought very hard about what movie I could do because, like, I I on un- I don't know why I just don't think Devin could tie in. Uh, an athlete story to uh, Friday the thirteenth or to uh, well, Nightmare on Elm Street. so I, I made it a little easier on him. Yeah, uh, we're going with the two thousand and five movie, Monster House. Oh, yeah. Oh. So I have
1: to compare an athlete to a house. <laughs> to a <Cool>. house, yeah. <laughs> At least I think I don't. I Any seen athletes the movie, have a haunted so.
0: house? No. Um, we'll have to see, right? <laughs> so, Monster House, of course, uh, written by Dan Harmon and Rob Schrab, Um and the screenplay also including Pamela Pedler, um, and starring. It had a phenomenal voice cast. You got Steve Buscemi, Mitchell Musso, Sam Lerner, Spencer Locke. Um, you also had. Uh, um, what's his name? Uh,
1: you tell me. I I,
0: Kevin James. Kevin James. Okay. <laughs> he was in it. Um, Catherine O'Hara. Fred Willard. Um, t- just Nick Cannon. There's so um, many like big names in this movie that you just wouldn't expect. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, looking at the movie, it just seems like one of those like you know typical kids movies. You know, like those uh, um like Frank and Weenie or uh igor those those movies that are like yeah it's just for kids yeah it's it might have like one or two big name actors and the other ones are just like you know maybe newer people or like smaller actors and everything but this one like it just boasts like a phenomenal cast
1: yeah i didn't i didn't
0: know that yeah and um honestly the film itself is is amazing it's it's really stands the test of time it was one of the first films like, um, like Polar Express that used that uh, motion capture technology with their animation. So okay. the, the faces and everything on the characters was actually computerized from the motion capture technology to mimic uh, human emotions and human movements. Uh, which is kind of cool. Like you see the videos of uh, Steve Buscemi wearing that that suit and like running around as old man. It's, it's just funny. Um, so yeah, are you, are you ready to dive into Monster House? I will definitely have to dive into it to
1: see how I'm gonna compare. Um, <laughs> the only thing that comes to mind right now. Um, Is
0: the NBA just drafted a
1: house? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There was Eddie House uh, who was in the NBA. Um, This is probably not the direction I'm going to go because this is just going to cut off very quickly, so I'll have to do some more brainstorming. But I swear, and I don't even know that much about it, that there's some hotel that the teams, when they're traveling uh, to a certain stadium that they stay in that apparently is haunted. And some oh. players refuse to stay in it. Um, okay. So I think that might just yeah, be worth to... noting for Spooky Season. But I don't know that much about it.
0: Um... I think that could be a pretty cool movie, honestly. If, if uh. we were to like, write a movie about the, um, the haunted... Uh some sort of haunted hotel, hotel. Oh, yeah. that all the, the players stay at uh. like, that's pretty cool if you get like some decent stories out of it yeah um okay well we'll see where it goes um yeah. this one's gonna be a bit shorter of a synopsis because a it's a shorter movie and b mm. uh it's a pretty straightforward um plot like you don't have too many characters to follow it's really just the main three and then the the villain the house so gotcha uh we start off in this neighborhood where DJ, the main character, um, a tween, 12, almost 13 years old, is uh, spying on the old man's house across the way, uh, who, in his yard, a lot of uh, things keep disappearing. He'll take like tricycles and this and that and the other thing from kids um, because they ride onto his lawn. So, you know, just typical cranky old man, basically, is what um, Mr. Nevercracker is his name. Okay. Um, so, uh, you just, you're introduced to this character being just your typical cranky old man. Uh, well, DJ's parents go out of town for a dentist convention, <laughs> and, uh, and he's wonderful. left with is babysitter uh, whose name I really do not remember because she's in it for like three scenes and that's it okay and she's of course a teenager who's like doesn't care about him the tweens and stuff and uh her boyfriend comes over too and he's this edgy dude who I don't know plays guitar or something hmm. uh, anyway um so a lot of a lot of stories about this house, and and her boyfriend has one as well. That his kite he lost on, on the the yard once too. So it's just that that infamous house on the street that things disappear at, and that the cranky old man lives in. Yeah. Um. So his his buddy comes over, Chowder, and Chowder's of course comedic relief kind of character. He's a goofy guy. They're getting, they they've been friends for a while, and the main debate between them two is whether they're going to trick or treat or not. DJ doesn't want to, Chowder does, mm-hmm. um, because DJ's like, you know, we're we're growing up now, we're we're almost yeah, teenagers, yeah. we gotta not not do that. Too cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the next day, there's like this this girl, I think she's a Girl Scout. She's going around um, talking about trying to sell cookies. Or chocolates and uh, raise money for something. Um, well, no one's buying most of the time, and uh, she she ends up going to the the haunted house, and um, it's uh, it, it tries to eat her, oh <laughs> basically. Um, well, not quite yet, oh. but they they warn her about it, and she she calls the police, and the the police just like don't care they're like oh these kids trying to pull a prank on us blah 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 yeah uh well i totally forgot that this happened earlier in the movie it starts off right way way at the beginning so i'm sorry i didn't bring this up earlier but uh dj does go over to nevercracker's yard at some point and uh nevercracker comes out it's like yelling at him and stuff and like picks him up and is like yelling at him to stay away or he'll die and blah 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 and so like this this guy like totally seems like some sort of lunatic well he has a heart attack while oh. holding uh, DJ and he, he falls to the ground and the ambulance takes him away and uh, he drops this key that DJ ends up picking up but uh, yeah he's taken away and they, they're just like oh my gosh he's dead and now there's just this abandoned house here that everyone thinks is super creepy but the chimney is still lit and there's still smoke coming out of it ever since Nevercracker was taken away. Well, flashback forward to where we were with the, the girl almost getting eaten by the house. And the cops, like, not believing them. They start to try to put together a plan for them, uh, for, for what's, what's going on with this house. Like, is it haunted? Because it did try to eat her. Like, the sidewalk literally flew up and tried to make her wagon roll into its mouth. So that it could eat her, and no one believes them that this right. happened. The, like cops, trusted adults, and everything—they just don't. Well, they go to this arcade where they meet this this guy who's supposed to be some guru on uh, haunted stuff, and he tells them that oh, it's it's uh, inhabited by a spirit uh, that's brought it back to life. Well, they just assume that it's it's Nevercracker's soul because Nevercracker's dead, so he must be inhabiting his house now. Um and so they, they start to formulate a plan for how they're going to put out the furnace, which the guy tells them is the way to kill the, the demon house. It's to put out the fire in the furnace. So we'll pause there. <laughs> <laughs> do you have do you have an athlete that, you know, maybe has to have their furnace be put out?
1: <laughs> um so it is spooky season and while there are some enthusiasts that may correct me because i'm sure these two are not exactly the i know they're not the same thing but i feel like if you were to do a venn diagram there's a lot of similarities at least i hope that there is so uh in sports some fans athletes teams can be superstitious so teams and athletes have stated that they have or Fans, uh, whoever is claiming it that there's been super, uh, um, sorry that there's been curses on teams or on players, and a few that I can think of are the Chicago White Sox had the curse of the Black Sox that okay. spanned for a long time. The Chicago Cubs had the curse of the Billy Goat that right. spanned for I remember that. a long time, oh, and then the and for those teams it was 60, 70, 80 years until they were able to, or more, until they were able to win their first World Series since the prior one. And, and that then, was
0: such a big, like, cultural thing. When, the, when they won in 2016. Yes. Yeah. Like, the fact that I even remember that is, <laughs> is just, like, shows you how big it is.
1: Yeah, it was a long time. I forget exactly how, but theirs was closer to uh, 100 years. Yeah. um, Very long time. And then... One that I can also think of is a specific NBA player who dissed a San Francisco area rapper. His name is Little B, the bass god. So he put the bass god curse on Kevin Durant, who was uh, dissing his rap. Songs And then, believe it or not, this spanned for so long to where this uh, rapper, Lil B, was on ESPN, talking about Kevin Durant. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, those are the three that come to mind. Um, I will be doing some research. I'll be listening to you, too, because I don't know those like that in depth. They also happened so long ago. But I'm thinking as of right now, you're talking about Haunted, and I'm going to kind of talk about Curses. And again, I know they're not exactly the same thing, but I think that there's similarities to where they feel like they have some sort of powers working against them that is, you know, holding them back from winning a championship. So I'm going to see exactly which of those three might line up pretty good with this story here. You know, the things about furnaces and wagons rolling down hills and stuff may be a little tough, but um yes yeah, so some of these may be i guess creepier and spookier than others that's so.
0: fun i like that route okay cool cool well this is where things get exciting in the the middle part here all right uh, so their plan that they concoct is that they're going to build this model of a person and they're going to stuff it with cold medicine from because chowder's dad owns a pharmacy and they're going to stuff it with cold medicine so that the house eats it and falls asleep so that they can go inside and put the furnace out. So they they stuff the the model and they put it like out in front of the house and the house is like about to take the bait. But mm-hmm. then the cop car pulls up and, and they um, they try to to talk to this thing and they see that it's just made of cough medicine and they they catch the kids like because they they try running up to stop the cops and they're like you guys stole med like cold medicine that's not good like Uh and these the, the two police officers are just so they're so dumb and so they they're like fighting over it and uh they end up taking the kids and uh putting them in the back of the squad car uh, for taking the the medicine and then they're they're um, talking outside and the um, house comes to life eats both the cops and then eats the cop car which the kids were inside. Well they oh, end wow. up like getting out of the car but they're in the house and the house falls asleep with them inside of it <laughs> and that's how they end up being able to explore the house is they're like trying to be very careful not to wake it up. Um, but they, they're inside because the house thinks it's eaten them. So they explore this house. They're like trying to figure out what's, what's going on here. They get to the basement and they find like the mass amount of, of toys that had been stolen or eaten. But they also find near the toys, um, what looks like a corpse encased in cement, A, a pretty big corpse. And that freaks them out, of course. Yeah. Uh, well, the the way that they get out of the house is that uh, the house does figure out that they're in, that they're inside and it tries eating them. But uh, the way that they get out is they end up hitting the uvula, which makes it spit up. The uvula is the chandelier, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which makes it spit them up, and then they're out of the house. Well, when they get spit out, uh, an ambulance or a taxi comes by, and drops off. Mr. who who is still alive. Oh. He, he's back from the hospital. And he freaks out because he finds out that the kids were in the house. And that's where we learn that Nevercracker's been pretending to be this cranky old man who hates kids to protect the house, to protect um, the soul that's inhabiting the house, which was his late wife, Constance the, the Giant. Oh. Or Constance the Giantess. Um, and she had they they were in love when he was young. Uh he rescued her from some circus, I believe. Something mm-hmm. like that, like a traveling circus. And they were in love and they end up they were building this house together. Well, she was uh getting bullied by some local kids as they were building the house and she was getting super mad at them. Um and he, he she had like a little bit of anger. Anger problems. Which yeah. I mean it's just because she didn't understand you know she was being bullied when she was in the the carnival she was like being uh, oust- ousted because she was different like the fact that she was in the circus she was captured and put into the circus because she was different um so that's that's the main problem and she ends up after getting mad at these kids she ends up accidentally falling into the um base of the house as it's being filled with cement and she she dies because she was encased in cement Uh, well Mr. Nevercracker ends up finishing the house and uh, her soul ends up inhabiting the house because she was encased there and like he tells this whole story to the kids and that that's why he's been trying to keep people away for this long to protect them and to protect her because you know he still loves her um, but you know, she's kind of like the house itself is, is a danger to the town. It's a danger to him. And she's, she's gone basically is what DJ is, is saying to him. He's like, you need to let her go. Like she's, she's gone. And to protect the town, to protect everyone, you, you got to just let her go, whatever it right. takes. Well, his plan is to... <laughs> Mr. Nevercracker's plan is to blow the house up. Nah, blow the house up. Uh, and so he's like trying to calm her down so that he can do that. Wow. Well, the house ends up getting like super mad. Yeah. Super mad about that. So we'll pause there. Uh huh. Do you have any updates from your stories? Because like we're about to go into the third part, which finishes us off for the movie.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to multitask here, but I believe I've honed in and. F- Figured that we're going to go the Curse of the Billy Goat route. Um, yeah. I, I
0: remember when they blew up the Billy Goat to, uh, <laughs> to stop the curse.
1: Well, that's the thing is, again, sports fans are very superstitious. So I can go into a little bit of incidents. Um, but there's fans that try to break curses. So I I feel like that's kind of what... Um, all these characters are trying to do they're trying they, to stop the curse they're tr- yeah. yeah they're trying to they realize now why the house is haunted and uh kind of what's going on with it and they have kind of all these different schemes to try and stop what's been happening mm-hmm. so um we can get to that um but first a little rundown so essentially i'm uh, sorry for the Die Hard cups fans if if i butcher this i'm a white Sox fan myself and this is all still <laughs> like uh It was cool when the Cubs won in 2016 um, because the curse lasted from 1945 to 2016, so 71 years. So I I butchered the timeline a little bit, but 71 years... It's still a
0: long time to not win.
1: Very, very long time. Um, So the owner of the Billy Goat Tavern, his name was William, and he had a pet goat named Murphy. And essentially... It seems as though that the pet goat was bothering other fans, and then they two were asked to leave the stadium. So William was outraged, and then he declared, them Cubs, they ain't going to win no more. And then um, they did not win that World Series, and then um, they did not win a National League, so the NL pennant. Um, for the remainder of William's life. So uh, it seems as though his curse that he did out of spite of of being mad that he was asked to leave for bringing a a goat to uh, games and around other fans and stuff, at least for the duration of his lifetime, uh, Mm -hmm. was the case. Um,
0: Right, it sounds like it was real.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then let's see. So it looks like... There was an incident where a stray black cat walked uh, between a Cubs player um, during the nineteen sixty nine World Series. Um, that, which we all know, they did not win because their first championship was not until twenty sixteen. Right. Um, let's see. There's there's a lot of incidents. Right. Um, I
0: remember that there was like uh, they would like walk the goat around the stadium. To try to, like, lift the curse, like, so many times, and it, it, I mean, they still kept losing.
1: Yeah, so it seems as though they were doing things to try to redeem themselves. They eventually bought into this superstition, but, yeah, something like a black cat, we all know that that's bad luck. Um, So, just a couple other instances. Um, Let me see really quickly... Uh, these are I guess I uh, just more baseball related. I don't want to have this just be a total like uh, the the Cubs. They almost won and then <laughs> they yeah. didn't. Um, but it seems as though everybody that follows the Cubs, maybe baseball, knows that that was pretty much the case. There's a couple times where they were close. Uh, in the 80s, the 90s, early 2000s, um, they had some good teams and they were close, but they just couldn't get it done. Um, so yeah, again, like you stated, uh, they bought into the superstition and tried to right the wrongs of other fans in the past, but yeah, they tried to fix it. And then similar, I would say these kids were, uh, and then the man were trying to fix things. They, they kind of know what the problem was. Once you kind of lay your finger on it, you're like, okay, this is probably, we need to lean into this. So they were leaning into the, uh, Billy goat thing. And, but it didn't work until later on, until 2016. Right. So, let me do some more reading about this, and then well,
0: well there's a whole another part to the movie. Yes, something. yeah,
1: and then um, I'll do some other research behind the scenes no and problem. see we'll connections. Get the
0: the wrap up of the connection as well. Yeah. Um, so the main reason why they need to solve this problem like now, and the the same reason why they were trying to stop it before before Never, they found out Nebuchadnezzar was still alive is Halloween is quickly approaching. And people know that they will be going to every single house to try to get candy. Um, and so they figure kids are going to uh, get eaten in mass numbers by this house on Halloween. So they want to stop it. And Nevercracker, he, he agrees. Like, when he comes back, like, that that's also his plan. Like, he notices, like, kids are already coming out. It is already Halloween. Um, they're already coming out and they're like uh- oh like I, I need to do something before this becomes a problem and well the house overhears the fact that even nevercrackers saying that he wants to put an end to the house and it becomes enraged and it like stands up like, and, and chases them it starts to chase them because it's gonna trying to like put an end to them too yeah and so they're running from this house they eventually get to this junkyard and um, the house is like attacking them and stuff and it's like oh like it, it becomes so disfigured it doesn't even look like a house anymore it looks more like a spiky ball it's so crazy mm. um, and they're like trying to hit it with a wrecking ball to destroy it and it's not working um, but eventually Nevercracker and DJ are able to maneuver the, the dynamite and Throw it down the chimney hole, which blows up the house, uh, thus freeing the house from the curse, or because it's not existent anymore, yeah. and freeing that plot of land from the curse. Um, of course, Nevercracker doesn't have a house, but uh-huh. uh, it it ends the the house, like it ends that existence. They don't have to worry about it anymore. They go back to where the house was, and the pile of toys is still there, and they spend the night passing back. All the items that people had lost over the years. Oh, wow. Back to the kids and everything. <clears throat> Cracker and the, the DJ and his friends, Chowder and Jenny. They're passing them back. All is well. And they decide, you know what? DJ and Chowder decide, you know what? Let's go trick-or-treating. <laughs> and they go trick-or-treating with After the last few that. hours of the night. <laughs> um and so, yeah, and then, like, in the end credits and stuff, you see, like, the people that had been eaten, too. They, like, come out of the pile, and they're fine. So, uh, the the boyfriend of his babysitter had gotten eaten at some point there because he chased his kite back. Um, the, the cops, this dog that was eaten as well. Everyone's safe. Everyone's fine. Everyone gets their stuff back. Uh-huh. Uh, Nevercracker probably moves somewhere else. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Maybe he goes to an old <laughs> home or something. But... All is well on the Ooh. town. They saved the town from potential danger on Halloween.
1: That's great, yeah. Um, so, a little update. Um, <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> so, yeah, this owner of the Billy Goat Tavern, William, tried to lift the curse himself um, before passing away in 1970. Or... Um, er, yeah, yeah, sorry. Again, trying to, like, go down this and stuff, but... Um,
0: so why why did he decide that he was going to lift it? He forgave them or something?
1: I guess just as a Cubs fan himself, he was kind of sick of seeing them lose. Um, so I guess there was instances where he... Let's see. Um... So his nephew was actually going to games um, multiple times with another GOAT. Um, So including on opening day in 1984 and again in 1989. And then I guess in these years, the Cubs went on to win in the division. And then the nephew again, going again in 1994 with a GOAT. Um, this time, in order to stop a losing streak that the Cubs were on. So, him going to the game with the Goats, I guess, snapped that losing streak. And then, same thing, in 1998, there was a wild card uh, tiebreaker. And then, with the power of the nephew and his Goat uh, <laughs> that he was bringing, uh, it seems like they actually they won that tiebreaker. So,
0: all right so it sounds like that was one of the keys to to solving it yeah
1: i mean this this list is long but i just think this one is the most prominent so in 2003 which is the chinese zodiac year zodiac's year of the goat which i did not know but um <laughs> there was a group of fans that headed to houston with a billy goat that they named uh virgil homer and attempted to get into the this game and and again just cause more good luck but you see that in 2004 2007 2008 2011 12 the list goes on and on to where uh people were trying um with goats or things you know like um let's say like a mask or something of of a goat head or something um it was very prominent in their organization for a long time um Throughout, like I was saying, the '80s, the '90s, the early 2000s, even into the 2010s, until they eventually won in 2016, that they were kind of just th- throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what stuck. I mean, they they really yeah. leaned into this, they really bought into it. Um, but I see, I guess, a similarity in I'm sorry, what was? It? How do you pronounce the man's name? Never Never Cracker. Ne- so he was kind of taking advice. From the kids and realizing that this is something that needs to be done. This is the reason as to why. And then same thing with William. Kind of passing on the torch to his nephew. Being like, this is why they are cursed um, in your lifetime. I'm sure you would like to see them win a World Series. So this is the reason as to why. Like, Lean into this. Listen to this. Take this advice. And eventually things will... St- start to go the way they need to go so i i think there's comparison there he leaned into that um being haunted and the the fans and uh people close to that curse leaned into the billy Goat, and then they both eventually got the result that they needed so no longer having that freeing uh, the curse yeah freeing freeing the... the curse and freeing the haunt
0: yeah yeah freeing the soul so it wasn't attached to the mortal plane anymore so yeah i mean i mean it's what what was best for not just nevercracker but for constance but for the town you know and like like you're saying with with the curse like they did what they would do so that is best for the team so that they can lift the curse even though it people might like ridicule them and be like huh, weirdos with your goat stuff like yes they leaned into it and they were like this is what we need to do to attempt to lift this curse. And I think that that's a really good connection for sure.
1: Definitely for a spooky season. Wow.
0: Yeah. (laughs) A little more. Can't believe you did it. (laughs) A little
1: more team oriented. I don't think I mentioned any players whatsoever, just revolving around a team, but that spanned over so many different eras to where the history of a sport and their champ uh team's championship runs and
0: stuff uh that's like that was cool the biggest curse story too like of <laughs> of sports like i the the blackhawks one i'm not blackhawks blacks the black, black Sox.
1: black socks curse for the curse. white socks yeah for the white
0: Sox. i'd never heard of that one and then there's <laughs> I, I i'm sure there's other ones but the cubs one i feel like everyone knows that one they might like it might be starting to leave our consciousness now it's been like 5 or 6 years since their win but um still like that it was a big cultural phenomenon
1: absolutely yeah even outside of sports it, i mean you hear something about a billy goat in sports and teams believing this is the reason why that their team can't win uh, from the outside looking in Again, like you said. that What a bunch of weirdos. Exactly. (laughs) Uh And then same thing within the neighborhood and within the community for this house. Police officers and others being like, okay, these silly kids.
0: These kids and their pranks. Exactly. Stealing cold medicine.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Plenty of connections there. If you were to do it up on a Venn diagram, again, haunted, cursed, not the same thing, but
0: some similarities Uh, yeah there are similarities for sure very good awesome and so that's a that's a skim through of monster house um a little disjointed but we got there in the end (laughs) Uh, it's it's actually been a couple years since i've seen that one i but that that was like one of my favorite ones growing up i just really liked the one-liners were super fun the writing is funny uh, and the the story itself is just pretty pretty fun Um, All right, so that brings us to our last segment, Two Truths, One Lie. Yes, just a little
1: heads up that next week's segment is going to be with spooky season again, but is going to be a poster post-game analysis. Right.
0: Yes, so... So we'll be throwing some spooky creatures into a game, Mad Lib style, Mm -hmm. Um, a recent game. So right now we've got, what, baseball, football... Mm -hmm. Hockey's starting up, too. Yes. So like we've got so many to choose from now. So you're going to have to wait until then to hear what what we end up picking. Yep. But super excited for another one of those, too. Things are heating (laughs) up for all sports. So, yep, it it could go any which way. It's that season.
1: It depends on which game is that awesome to where we want to talk about it.
0: (laughs) Remind us, what's our scores so far for Two Truths, One Lie?
1: Yep. So I'm sitting at 0-1, and, and you're sitting at 1-0 and 0. still early on. We could definitely not up the score here. I would like if we could do that. Or we could separate it if it goes the way you would like. It could be 2-0 and 0-2. But um could, could go a number of which ways. So how about you get us started? Let's see.
0: Oh, you want, you want me to go. start? Yeah, go okay, for Okay, okay. We'll give it a shot. All right, so... Uh, not exactly a spooky one like I did last year, but sort of related. I'll tell you the relation after. But uh, a lot of actors um, actually have famous parents, parents who worked in the industry, parents who acted. Uh, so, which actor of these three does not have a parent also famous for acting? Think you're ready? Sure. Okay, we have Zoe Deschanel. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis mm-hmm. and Zoe Kravitz. Hmm. I don't really know who those
1: people are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so me knowing their uh, parents is not very likely. Um, yeah. So, um, I'm gonna explain why I'm guessing this, but it's uh, probably a horrible reason as to why. What was the um the first? uh person's name again zoe dischanel okay so dischanel so i mean at least curtis and kravitz are more common names i'm more so thinking of lenny kravitz there's probably no relation to the um <laughs> to the so. uh oh. s- to the um musician um but i don't know dischanel I have never heard that name again. I'm not huge in movies and TV and stuff. Never um, heard of Zoe Deschanel? Wow. Nope. Um so that just I've never heard the name, so I assume one of the two parents or both parents or somebody you know married within or however would have that name. So I'm going with that cuz I've just never just Going with Zoe Deschanel? Yeah, never never heard of them.
0: Well, you are correct. Nice. Um, Zoe Kravitz, you were right on the dot. Daughter of uh, Lenny Kravitz really? and Lisa Bonet. Cool. Uh, Lisa Bonet. So Lenny Kravitz was a musician, though. So, yes. So that doesn't really quite count for the, okay. I said, famous for acting. Oh. So that was my hope, was that that would kind of slip you up. But Lisa Bonet was on the Cosby Show and everything. Oh, nice. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis's mom uh, acted in Psycho. Okay. The the horror movie Psycho and then Jamie Lee Curtis got her start in also a horror movie. Gotcha. Uh, Halloween. Nice. So that's uh that's the connection to Spooky Season is that everyone <laughs> always makes that connection. It's just like you see Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween being scared of this this killer with the knife and everything and her mother also Famous movie Psycho with the, the murder scene and the, the shower and the blood and all that. You know what I'm talking about. Like it's a famous mm. movie scene where it's like the blood like streams on the shower curtain, you got oh, the hand.
1: I guess so, sure. The uh, yeah. <laughs> it well sounds familiar. Maybe you haven't but, seen it, but yeah.
0: Psycho is like one of the, the most famous horror movies just because of the imagery it had. Iconic, yeah. Yeah, it's iconic. Zoe Deschanel does not have A parent who is famous for acting. However, her father, Caleb Deschanel, is a cinematographer and has been nominated for an Oscar six times. Wow! And I've heard of it zero. Never heard of it because it's (laughs) he's not an actor like that. Those aren't the categories that people hone in on when it comes to awards season. Like the your average Joe is not going to watch and be like, "Man, I sure hope uh, Mr." Mm magoo wins for sound editing this year like no we don't really like hear those names very often
1: yeah not even for the scores right best best musical score yeah not even (laughs) for
0: the scores (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah yeah, all those are awards so you're one-to-one now look at that one one-to-one let's
1: Let's see if we can add it up here folks i'm hoping so so I might steal your idea uh, for next week or a few weeks from now because there are definitely <laughs> there's a some, lot of players. For there's him. players, yeah. their parents, and whatnot. Like LeBron and
0: Bronny, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, there, there's plenty. I, I'm not going to spoil it now because I'm, I'm definitely going to steal that. But I've done <laughs> this before. I've had fun with this. Uh, I liked the nicknames. <laughs> I the thought nickname. the nicknames were cool. <laughs> um, so these are their real names. Really, this is really the team that they're on. That's all correct. It's just a matter of if this is a nickname that broadcasters or teammates or other people call them in Actually the media. Is, yeah. okay. Yes. So New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones goes by Danny Dimes. New Orleans Saints safety Tyron Matthew goes by the Honey Badger. And Detroit Lions wide receiver DJ Chark goes by Hammerhead Chark.
0: Which of those? <laughs> 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 hammerhead shark. <laughs> Why not? Um, I'm trying to think of which one of these would be one that you came up with, because <laughs> that's that's how I got it last time. Was I was oh, like, "God, ah, that one's kind of dumb." <laughs> <laughs> um, we got a hammerhead shark, the honey badger, and something dimes. What is it, Donny? Danny Dimes, dimes. Danny dimes.
1: for Daniel Jones. Yeah.
0: Where does the dimes come in?
1: Throwing dimes.
0: Wait, what's the, what's the sport?
1: Uh, uh, they're all football players. He is a
0: quarterback. What's throwing dimes? Is that like an actual term for football?
1: Think of like when you're passing and something is accurate or maybe even, I don't know if they use this for dart throws, but like on a dime. Like it was exactly where it needed to be. Like think of how big uh, a dime is and if you need it to be in that small of a space and you – Get it exactly in that that space. I've heard of that term before on a
0: dime. Dime. Or for, yeah, for turning
1: a car or something. Hammerhead Shark.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I really like Hammerhead Shark. I want that one to be real so bad. (laughs) Because that one's funny. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. I'm going to say Danny Dimes. I feel like that's. That's the worst of the three nicknames.
1: It is the worst of the three, but it's his nickname. <laughs> Dang, Dang it! No. I know.
0: It's, it's weird. I because... swear if the lies hammerhead shark, I'm going to be upset. It is. No! That's <laughs> what I was thinking, too. I was like, that sounds like one that Devin would come up with. But I want it to be real.
1: <laughs> I wish it was real, too, because they... Um... Call him Charknado.
0: Charknado? That's stupid, <laughs> man. Hammerhead I know. Shark or like I don't know. Mine's better. Great right? white shark.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was. I could have went. Yeah, like saw shark. Like, yeah.
0: Saw shark. That one's. That one's really dumb. <laughs> but the uh, other one's
1: good. Yeah, because maybe not everyone knows about a, a saw sh- shark and a couple other ones. So I was like hammerhead. Everybody knows yeah, about. I only that know one. about
0: saw sharks <laughs> because of Animal Crossing. So.
1: <laughs> um but yeah i guess the honey badger kind of blended in um yeah at honey least for- badger
0: those are vicious so like i feel like it, it would make sense for a name and same thing with sharks like those are those are two that you would see but like danny dimes like that just comes out of nowhere like danny Dimes, just because that alliteration it's the nickname that's stupid at it-
1: It's strange, yeah. They need to
0: get better at nicknaming people. (laughs) Because he doesn't,
1: like, he goes by, at least from what I know, goes by Daniel Jones, but then uh, when it comes to his nickname, it's now Danny Dimes. It's, yeah, it's, it's a little peculiar, a little out there. I don't know who came up with it, but it sounds like something that you would have in high school and college. Not really professional. In right, my opinion, right. So. I don't
0: really like that name. <clears throat> okay, well, you got me there, so I guess we tied it up one to one and one to one. Yeah. Which uh, is going to lead to a pretty suspenseful month for us.
1: I would say pretty spooky and scary, <laughs> this competition. Just,
0: ooh, what a thriller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so I guess that wraps us up for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us for another skim through for Two Truths in a Line for movie news. Be sure to join us next time for more updates and for our poster post game analysis. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at WSkimMilk. On my website, WSkimMilk.com, you'll find this podcast as well as our others. Devin, where are you at? Yes,
1: thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning into sports news. If you would like more sports news, particularly NFL and fantasy football, you can find me on Twitter at DevinLang32 for articles and tweets
0: yeah and also check us out on shoot your shot sports uh our podcast recently is uh presented by them as you hear in the title uh so you could find our updates on there as well or on twitter uh at if it has a score so check us out there on facebook everything interact with us uh let us know whether you're enjoying these segments or uh uh, whether you are, uh, I don't know, uh, d- excited for who's winning the, the two juice oh. one line or who's <laughs> winning the draft, you know, interact, yeah. interact. We'll always enjoy that.
1: But boost us up. We'll boost you guys up. It'll be a lot of fun. Thank you guys for tuning in
0: and for the continued growth. See you next time. See ya. If it has a score, is available on all your favorite podcasting providers. Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Shoot Your Shot Sports, and more. Thank you again for tuning in. We will see you next week.